I think we are ready <clears throat> to begin. Okay. Well, I think I'm on the outs with Brett. I got shushed during Desperado. What does he listen to, the old Desperado station? He is just in his own world when he hears that song. It's like I'm sitting there in the car and he's out riding fences. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Dad Shorts, where we are joined in studio by a real live musician and a turkey. Turkey. Hi, Jerry. Are you not, did you not book the turkey? No. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Is that not right? <laughs> it's oh. here. <laughs> Welcome to the nice oven. Turkey, Charlie Brown. <laughs> I, it, that should be one. It should be. It's not, though. Oh, man. Sponsored by PETA? Oh, my gosh. Oh <laughs> Sorry. My too, too soon. Sponsored by PETA. <laughs> too soon. It's how the turkey lives and every has a vegetarian Thanksgiving. Yeah, Charles Schultz, we've written this story. Oh, my goodness. The story writes itself. It's so good. This is so oh, good. It's the impossible man. turkey, Charlie Brown. Impossible <laughs> turkey. The tofu turkey, Charlie Brown. Oh, my gosh. How did we get off the rails so quickly? Hey, welcome back to another episode of Dad Shorts, because we're just going to start again. We're joined in studio by Elijah Daly. Elijah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've enjoyed the dad jokes that have been happening thus far on this podcast. You're welcome. Uh, my name is Elijah Daly, and I uh, I get to serve as the teaching pastor at uh, Christchurch Bornogo, which is not too far from, from where we are right this instant. And um, I also have three kids, uh, which are seven, almost seven, mm. four, and two, and um, married and just love the Denver Broncos, which I'm in Chiefs territory, so it makes yeah, it a little bit more difficult. But they're awful. And they're so. awful. So we, we were really helpful going into this year, having a new coach that was offensive-minded and Russell Wilson could throw the ball farther than 10 yards, but, <laughs> but it just I mean, still fair. didn't matter. But he's just... He's just not good. He's not the like, same. Hot, ta- hot take. So, would He's you go back and, and you know nix that trade if you could right now? Um, probably not the trade necessarily, but definitely like the contract. Maybe we could have waited a little bit. Oh man, yeah, that contract <laughs> is know? that's cumbersome so, for sure. But mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we had like we had to take the gamble on it. You know, I mean, I feel like he still has something there, but it's just it's hard to know whether it's totally him. Or whether it's totally the coach, or I'm sure there's all variables. Yeah, yeah. but he's, he's starting to riot. We right? Is that is that is that his catchphrase? Something like, like that. Let's, let's riot. Something. I, I, I thought it was let's riot. It, it's riot. It's riot. I thought. Uh, is it? Yeah. Let's riot. It's it's oh, real man. sad. And it's it sad. Those and I don't. Press I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, listen, you are you are in good company because both Scott and I are fans of other teams that are not the Chiefs, yes. and also other fans of baseball teams that are not the Cardinals. So yep. welcome, friend. And our teams are traditionally not good. That is yeah, also we suffer true. together today. <laughs> yeah, yep. So yeah, I think you might have the most current championship. Oh yeah. Oh heck yeah, 2016. Nice. Yeah, riding that wave. That's right. Uh, <laughs> That's all we have. I'm sorry, ours is much more significant. Uh, the 85 Super Bowl, which was by far. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Cubs. And I was like, 100 years, here we go. Oh, gosh. No, the, the only Super Bowl appearance of the uh, Not appearance. No, they the made two Super Bowl win yes. um, mm-hmm. of, my, of my Bears. Yeah, that's uh, true. 1985. And some of the Justin best Fields, though, yeah. is giving you hope. You know? I, I mean, got hope. Justin Fields. If only we could on. end with a W. The Ohio State Buckeye, Justin Fields. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll give it to you. Hey, oh, if he's, he's going to win games for the Bears, I'm good. That's right. Listen, Elijah, uh, what's your go-to dad outfit? You know, 
my initial just go-to outfit as a whole is like jeans and a pullover. But if I would say, if we're talking about like the, the quintessential, you look like a dad, mm. I would say it's just a t-shirt that I got for free somewhere. Yes. And some shorts that um, are are brownish and then some chacos. I would say that's, that's about it. So the free t-shirt that you are wearing is... Is it like comfort fit cotton or is it just, you know, does the, does the texture of your shirt matter? It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, okay. it doesn't Thank matter. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I think it does. He's still young in his dad. That's true. I'm still growing into my dad. You are the eldest of us. Uh, that with, is true. Uh, potentially the most chafy nipples. Uh, By three years, you jerk. Uh, do, you, do you wear an undershirt? Oh, no, I don't. No, well, I've gotten okay. away from it, actually. Okay. So I used to, but I've gotten away from it. Scott, we've never talked about this. Are you, are you an undershirt guy? No. I love an undershirt. I like the uh, tank tee. Uh, undershirts, to me, like, I feel like um, like when your sheets are all balled up, like, mm, uh, in your bed, like, I feel yeah. like you can't ever figure out which one is, you need yeah. to straighten. I do buy the extra long A-frame tank tees, and I mm-hmm. make them go underneath my rear end because I want them so long. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, and then it doesn't it doesn't do that because yeah. my, my butt has enough heft to it. It keeps it. Well, my, it's an anchor for my, my shirt. <laughs> my, my dad bod uh, rocks enough heft, uh, so <laughs> it's a little weird to tuck in your undershirt <laughs> and, <laughs> your let, and, let your, let, and let your overshirt hang. Oh, so. oh, yeah, okay. Get it, get it. Get it. It's like wearing sandpaper. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Elijah, what advice would you give to a new dad or what we like to call dad advice? (laughs) You know. TM. (laughs) Honestly, the best advice um, that I think probably the best advice, man, or the what advice or the best advice? Either one. What do you want to go with? Man. Well, the best advice is too easy. So I'm going to go with just some advice in general. All right. Somebody actually just told me this, and I thought it was really helpful, which is whatever expectation you apply to your kids, you should have the same amount of warmth that comes alongside that. Meaning when your expectations are so high that like, you know, you're, if you are more strict or disciplined and all those things, you should also bring the same amount of fun and Hmm. intentionality and, and, and kind of like warmth to that relationship that you have those expectations yeah um, i thought that was really helpful because i i do think at times my expectations get so high that my kids don't you know there there can be times i can think may, i want to make sure that they know that like we're still gonna have fun yeah, you know yeah. so that's good advice yeah that is really good mm-hmm. i do find myself like with my kids trying to uh, get super hyped about what they're doing and like mm-hmm. getting kind of frustrated whenever they don't bring their A game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and my expectations for their attitude, their behavior, and all that kind of stuff can be really intense. Mm-hmm. And I have to put that in check and understand that like this is going to make them hate whatever this is <laughs> yes. that I am expecting of them yep. and leads to rebellion. You know, that yeah. uh, yep. Uh, yep. rules without relationship equals rebellion. You know, yes. That kind of yes. thing. So. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Elijah, what's your best uh, dad story? Uh, my best dad story. Okay, I've got a lot of stories. <laughs> um, the the funniest one that I would say is so I, I like I said I have three kids. My son, my oldest son, was four at the time, and we had just brought um, my daughter home from the hospital. And I just remember, you know, we were holding her; they were getting nowhere, and then we were changing her diaper. And uh, my son Keller, he looks at her and he's like, "Oh my gosh, she doesn't have a penis." <laughs> and she's, he's like, "She just has a butt." <laughs> What's going on? So that was those types of comments are all like just all the time in our home, and it is the best part of being a father. I, think. Uh, I love it. That's awesome. 
Mm. All right. Uh, what is your best dad joke? Best dad joke? I mean, it's the it's the classic, you know, when your kids come up to you and they say, can you put this on? And I'm like, that'll never fit. You know? <laughs> it's that, you know, every day. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. day. And it gets a laugh quarter of the time. You know? so, <laughs> That's fantastic. It's always so, <laughs> coming back for more. <laughs> so when your son comes up, oftentimes during Kids Club, and he's like, hey, do you like my sweatshirt? If he's taking it off, I'm like, yeah, I want to try that on. It's it's like building on your dad joke. Absolutely, apparently. yeah. Oh, I it love really this. Is. I'm going to continue to do it more and more now. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, last one here. Uh, tell us about your ultimate family vacation. <clears throat> well, if I was going to take my family anywhere, it really depends on how old they are as whole. So right now, if, if I'm taking them on a vacation right now, Honestly, it would probably be like more mini vacations. Oh, yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Because of how young they are. Mm -hmm. So I would say like each weekend we would just go, especially with where we're located in Joplin. Like you can go to Tulsa, you can Mm -hmm. go to Kansas City, you can go to um, Fayetteville, you can go to even St. Louis is not too far. Um, So I would just do those kind of weekend trips because that way they're not gone for too long. Um, Their routines aren't crazy messed up, but also we can try out so many new things, try new food. You know, go to the different things the cities have to offer. Um, so that is what I would say, ultimate family vacation. That's what I would do. I like and it. Tulsa's an underrated town. It actually is. I, yeah. I'm glad you listed that one first because, I mean, St. Louis is great. Kansas City is great. Fayetteville, Northwest Arkansas area we know is great. But Tulsa's it's underrated, and it's two hours from here. Yeah. Yeah, and did true. you know you can take a UHF tour also? in Tulsa? <laughs> it's, that's something I learned from <laughs> um, <laughs> an earlier podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. If you also want to learn the same thing, <laughs> Pretend you didn't hear it just now, and go listen to and our episode with Kyle Fewen. The Oscars! <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless. Or dad for our own podcast. <laughs> My goodness, I love it. Uh, well, listen, I, I, Elijah, we want to transition a little bit to some um, some more serious questions. We, we, we want to do a little bit of serious stuff. Uh, so here, uh, first off, I know that books and authors are important to you. You named uh, you know a couple of your kids after... Um, characters and, and authors true. that are important to you. So uh, talk about why are books are important to you, which authors are most important, um, and why are books so inspiring for you? Well, I'll start with the last question. So I actually hated reading pretty much my entire life. And I, long story short, um, when I was, I think it was 18, I went home for break over like, you know, like Christmas break, basically, um, when I was in college, went home and I had just seen like the sixth Harry Potter movie or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I was like, I have to watch, I have to, I have to know what happens in the seventh book. And so I asked my sister, Hey, can I borrow the seventh book so I can just like finish this out and know what happens? And she's like, uh, no, you have to read all of them. I'm not just going (laughs) to give you this seventh book. And so I was like, okay, fine. And so I literally read through all of them in two weeks. And from that moment on, I loved to read and I loved Harry Potter. So Culminating, culminating all those things together, uh, Harry Potter is definitely one of the most influential books. And I think in many ways it's influential because to me it's the Christ story. Mm. Um, I think that there's so many things in it that are really pointing to Christ and what he has done. And so for me as a, as a minister, um, as a Christian, I thought that that really brought to life some of those things um, in new ways that I thought were really special. And in, in that same vein, I would say, you know, in terms of fiction, um, the Chronicles of Narnia from C.S. Lewis is the great is great. My favorite book by C.S. Lewis is probably The Great Divorce. Um, mm, it's a kind that. of a short book, but I read that pretty much once a year. Hmm. Um, and then, um, obviously, uh, even Lord of the Rings is, is great, and The Hobbit and included within that too. But um, word, are you liking the Rings of Power show? So, I'm I've I don't know how many episodes in, in I am. Okay. I like it. 
but my wife doesn't like it as much. So it makes this harder, hard yeah. dynamic to watch it because mm-hmm. when we're home, we like to watch the same show. And so I have to wait for times when she's gone so I can watch it. All that to say, I like it, but I don't think it's anywhere near what, you know, the canon of, oh, yeah. of Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings. So it's definitely creating its own canon, which it is, is frustrating if you are a like strict like right. Lord of the Rings Tolkien yes. like yes. kind of fan. Um, yeah, but I too, I like, I like it. I can appreciate it. Yeah, I'm right. I'm not in like with it. Yes, but I like it. <laughs> right, exactly. You like it, but you don't like, like, honestly, yeah. even <laughs> that, like, like it. After reading the Harry Potter books and going back and watching the movies, like it was hard for me, like. The movies yeah. are just not the same. They're no. caricatures yeah. of the mm-hmm. books, you know? And so, to me, that's kind of what this is. But it is still entertaining for me. So I'll still watch it. Because I, I know the story. I like the story. So I want to see where it goes. And it did cause me to, like, go back to every YouTube, like, Tolkien addict. Like, yes, uh, exactly. Out there and, exactly. Like, what's the history of the Blue Wizards? Yeah, like, I see, I never got t- too deep. Like, I never read the, the Silmarillion or anything mm-hmm. like that. But, I, I mean, the depth of which he has gone is pretty pretty crazy yeah. and i would also say from not nonfiction, tim keller as an author is he's kind of my spiritual mentor from afar mm, so my yeah. first son's name is keller after him so that's how influential he's been all of his books awesome. are are really good they're very practical but they're also there's so much depth yeah. to them as well so do you have other nonfiction authors you like nonfiction? oh man i mean honestly some of c.s lewis's nonfiction mm. is is incredible um i would also put um, Dallas, the one I've only read one Dallas Willard, but it, it was it has probably come into my top ten um, mm-hmm. books, which is um, the Divine Conspiracy. It oh, is okay. it is really really good. Um, cool. So, what about fiction authors? Fiction authors, I mean, obviously J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. Um, I like um, obviously um, the Lord of the Rings and, and everything that Tolkien's done there. Um, I also love. Let's see, I love. Um, oh shoot. Ender's Game. Who wrote Ender's oh, Game? Uh, uh, Ridley yeah. Scott. No, is that it? No, 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 no. no, no, no. He's a director. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> Somebody with uh, Orson Scott card. Yes, uh, that's yeah. who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Love that. I remember reading that book. That was probably the second nonfiction or fiction book I read after Harry Potter, and mm-hmm. it was another one that like just dove me in, and I was like, man, this is oh, this is awesome. So good. Did you read so, any of the uh, sequels? No, I didn't. The, no. The I heard that they weren't as good. Uh, so. the, the first one is pretty good. The okay. rest of them get a little, like, extra. Okay, gotcha. Um, and if you want some more, like, Orson Scott Card, uh, The uh, Tales of Alvin Maker, uh, I think the first book is called Seventh Son. Okay. It's amazing. All right. And it's like a an alternate history of America. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's phenomenal. It's, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, oh, I should I should mention this one. So my my son's name's Keller Michael HP after Harry Potter. My second son is Dawson Joe Aslan after Chronicles mm-hmm. of Narnia. That's cool. My daughter is Lily Leanne Eva. She's it's the character from Uncle Tom's Cabin. Oh, and oh. I've re- I read that book um, a couple years ago, and I read it because. Um, I had read a quote that basically Abraham Lincoln was like, this is the book that started the Civil War. And I was like, <laughs> I have to read this book. Yeah, you yeah, know? Absolutely. And it was phenomenal. And that character, again, all of those characters in those stories are the Christ figure in them. Mm-hmm. And when I read that story, it was it was very good. I was like crying in the car because I actually <laughs> listened to it. I didn't read that one. Yeah, <laughs> but awesome. yeah, it was good. So Scott's going to ask a question. Before we do that, though, I'm going to tell you my, uh, my reading conversion story because it also is like yours. is very good, I think. Um, so I hated reading as a kid uh, until sixth grade. And in sixth grade... 
I had a crush on a girl, and she was really cute, and she was reading all the Newberry winners. And I thought, you know what? If I read these Newberry winners, this girl will have to talk to me because nobody else in the school is reading it. So I started with Bridge to Terabithia, which is a horrible book to start with because the girl dies. Spoiler alert. Spoilers. It's written in 1978 if you haven't read it. It's... But anyway, I start with that, and I'm like, why are you reading these horrible books? But I still kept reading him because she was cute. <laughs> <laughs> and now you really push the Newberry books now I push like, with our kids in the library. That's right. Well, that's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Elijah, you you do a ton with music uh, with do. our church. It's like uh, it feels like it's just part of who you are. Um, so, what are some times or events in your life that have inspired music for you? Um, I mean, honestly, growing up. Um, I, I started I started on, on the trumpet when I was in mm, middle school. Nice. Transitioned to drums from there. I learned to play guitar and then started to sing a little bit. And honestly, music had always become a medium by which, at least for me, I was able to express some of just the the things I was feeling, you know. Mm. And so what that meant was my high school music was filled with angst, <laughs> um, you know. But honestly, it's always been really meaningful. And as I when I went to college. Um, and I started to just fall in love with theology and philosophy, it really started to move toward becoming a medium of worship, like both corporately and personally. And so I started to write significantly more about God. Um, and honestly, it, it really became a way for me to express um, express every part of what I believe about God. Mm. And in a way that I tried to do that wasn't cheesy or, you know, um, empty or just like, cliche, you know, so hopefully I accomplished that. But I mean, that was, I think that that became, that music as a whole became a way for, for me to experience what I think is the, the greatest experience of all, which is God, you know? Awesome. Um, so, yeah. So I, uh, I was once part of a rock band <laughs> in, in high school. Um, also very angsty, uh, <laughs> called, called Idiom, you know, any, uh, you know. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> nice. I mean, as, as, we were a triumph legit. in tragedy, so. <laughs> it was great. Uh, it, we, I mean, we were top-notch. Um, we played uh, one gig, the 4th of July show. I dyed my hair neon green. It was it was a time of my life. Um, so, <laughs> it was great. I love that. Uh, so, uh, the only reason that I'm telling this story, did you ever combine, like, your trumpet playing with your band and, like, lean into some like Scott? Scott? Oh, you know, no, I didn't. <laughs> but we did have a guy in our band who did that. And so... Yeah, I I can't remember the band that was really big at that time. Sublime. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. who it was. And we, uh, yeah, there was a guy in our band who always wanted to make us sublime, and it was like, man, we're not we're not good enough. For that. So not that they're even great, but just think about how bad we were. That. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I was. Uh, I had a had a big five iron frenzy phase. Oh and, uh, yeah, uh-huh. I remember that. Oh that. yeah, so it's good stuff. Uh, Elijah, how have you incorporated music into fatherhood? Well, for me, um, my philosophy really of so at the church when I first started working there, I was the worship minister. My same philosophy of ministering through music is the same as as a father. So what that means is music carries within it so many fundamental parts um, that is are, is why we love it as a as a human being. I mean, it's it makes it so that the words become memorable for us. So we actually start to remember ideas in ways that are helpful. It becomes an expression of our emotions, um, both when the the best parts and the worst parts. Um, and then I think in general, it becomes a, a community thing where everyone can join in with that same sort of language and song. So w- even for my for my kids, I think that's true. So all that to say, growing up, every single time we'd put them to bed, we would sing the same songs to them 
which are four or five songs that we'd sing every mm. single night that um, we're tr- we were trying to essentially teach them the values of our family. So, you mm. know, like Jesus loves me, that mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, and, and Jesus loves the little children mm-hmm. and <laughs> the B-I-B-L-E. And then we have this one called the goodnight song, you know. Um, and so just trying to integrate that. Now as they get older, it's actually more trying to understand what they're learning even at the church and the songs that they're doing and playing those in the morning and mm-hmm. having those playing throughout the day because I think that they actually are being taught something uniquely through those things. Um, and, and music also, uh, this is the fourth thing actually, is that it creates a memory. And so mm-hmm. even when you hear a song, it'll take you back to the time when it became meaningful for you. And so that's my hope as with music right now is by showing them these songs, by utilizing them on a consistent basis, when they hear it for the rest of their life, when I'm not here anymore, it will actually take them back to those moments mm-hmm. again Absolutely. Um, and remind them of what they've been taught. Yeah, and I love uh, going back and uh, sometimes miss the uh, all the, the old uh, church songs from when we were kids mm-hmm. um, yeah. that were like legitimately the verses. So they mm-hmm. were like hymns, yeah. but they were written in a way that kids like enjoyed singing them and all yeah. that kind of yep. stuff. Yep. Um, and enjoy sharing those with our kids and kind of going back and, cause I, I love the, uh, like the memory verse message right there mm-hmm. and the hiding the word in your heart and all that kind of stuff. It's good. Yeah, good absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, we want to transition to kind of a, a fun, we've, we've talked serious enough. Yeah. We're done with that. No, we're done a lot of serious. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we want to, uh, Wait, hold on. One, one more. This is part of your serious question, but it leads into more okay, fun things. Okay, go with it. Um, okay, so what is the song that you listen to and cry in the shower? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, gosh. Obviously, I don't do that. So. <laughs> this is a bad podcast. But, but, but uh, you know, hypothetically speaking, <laughs> if I was going to cry to a song... Um, I don't even know. It'd probably have to be like How Great Thou Art. Oh. Okay, that's good. That's really yeah. good. All right, you, oh. you shamed me on that. <laughs> like had to do. Shamed on your own podcast. <laughs> the reason I ask is because Zach was talking about in preparation for this uh, a song that like is my cry in the shower song, and that's the uh, Chris Cornell version of Nothing Can ah, Do. You're giving away strategy for our next bid. There's no strategy. Oh, okay. I'm listing that maybe. Okay, hey, let's rewind. <laughs> Here's the thing. We are, for our next part, we're going to talk about Desperado Song. So okay. uh, Desperado Song, it's based off a Seinfeld concept. Uh, there's an episode of Seinfeld where Elaine is dating a guy, and whenever he hears the song Desperado by the Eagles, he like becomes absorbed in the song and nothing else exists. And like she's like, the song is playing, and, and she's trying to talk to him, and she's like, shh, don't. Don't talk ever to Danny Desperado, ever. And like it's, uh, it culminates in there's a surgery, and the guy dies because <laughs> <laughs> the Desperado song comes on, and he can't focus during Desperado. surgery. <laughs> and so here's the, the inspired so us good. to think of this. So we wanted to talk about songs that, that are so powerful to you that whenever they come on, you stop doing everything else. And we're going to do a top five. We're just going to come up with our own top five. This of is so songs. hard. This one was so difficult for me. I'm so excited. We're going to have their own top five uh, list of songs that are like Desperado songs for us. Like when they come on, everything stops. So <laughs> I'll go first. Uh, and I'll, I, I will say that uh, despite your best intentions, I did actually leave off Nothing Compares to You by Chris Cornell. It was my honorable <laughs> so good, mention. Though. It is so good. If you haven't listened to it, fantastic. Um, my number five was um, Sparks by Coldplay. I absolutely love that song. It's mm. on the soundtrack to Wedding Crashers, which makes me laugh hysterically. But uh, <laughs> when it comes on, like, that is probably my favorite Coldplay song. I absolutely love it when it comes on. I'm just like, oh, man. Like, I don't sing because I have a horrible voice, but I am, like, trying not to sing along with that song because it is so good. 
And there have been times when I'm driving and it's come on and the kids are like trying to talk. I'm just like, shh. <laughs> it just turned the song up. And it's not a, it's like a soft song. It's like yeah. acoustic, so it's real soft. But you got to turn up real loud for that. So uh, who wants to go next with your fifth song? Uh, why don't you go, Elijah? Okay, sounds good. Um, if you didn't judge me before, you for sure will now. So here's here's what I'd say number one is for me. No, you got a number five. We're oh, right. number, yeah, five. Fit. Oh, number yeah, five. Oh, number five. Sorry, sorry. Last one. Okay. We're saving okay. the anticipation. Okay, for that's good, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd say Ed Sheeran's Shape of You. Okay. When that song comes on, I just love, I don't know why, man. It's just the groove is... The groove for me is usually what gets me, so mm-hmm. that one's great. Okay, um, <laughs> I think my number five, I've got a whole playlist full of these types of songs. We should also mention that we're actually going to put out a playlist. Oh, sweet. For these songs, so if you like our songs, you can listen. <laughs> so these are not Dad Shorts approved songs, not all of these songs. So, so we may do a radio edit one that you can listen to with your family. <laughs> Uh, because my number five is Regulate uh, <laughs> by, by Warren G. Oh, so, I mean, I, and I love listening to it on a clear, dark oh, night, <laughs> clear white moon, oh, like being on the street, trying to consume. your clip. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yes. I can't, like, it is, I stop and I just, mm. I roll with it. So there's, yes. there's that. Yes. All right, Zach, what's your number four? Uh, my number four is... Um, a newer song. I say newer because I am my my wheelhouse is '90s alt rock, and I will listen to that all the time. So this one is is produced after 2000. And it might be the newest song. Uh, it is uh, "Marching Bands of Manhattan" by uh, Death Cab for Cutie. I absolutely love Death Cab for Cutie, uh, but that marching band from Manhattan. I just absolutely love that song. Something about it, the way it kind of slow builds, and just great. I love it. Okay. All right, Elijah. What do you got for your number four? Number four. Be My Escape by Reliant K. Ooh, takes me back. Good one. Takes me back. That you know? is a good mm-hmm. one. Um, I like that one. There, there was another song on that album. Um, it was like super, super long. Um, <laughs> what was the... So while you're searching for it, because he's clearly searching yeah. on Spotify, yeah. uh, I <laughs> love their Christmas album. Like, I Hate Christmas Parties by Reliant K. That's one of my favorite Christmas songs. Really? Like, that was okay. great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Deathbed. Have you ever listened to Deathbed? I'm sure that I have, but it I... is it is great, and it's 11 minutes long. Oh and it is, Let's listen to it. It's okay. I'm just here kidding. It is. <laughs> the last third of our, but it is it is like it's a, about a guy on his deathbed, and like it is, it's powerful. Okay. So anyway, what's your four rags? Uh, number four, uh, I'm gonna go with um, oh, "Fly Me to the Moon" by Frank Sinatra. Oh. That's mm, a good one. Wow. I love that song, and I love me some Sinatra. Classy. And uh, that one, just when it comes on, like that is, that's it. Yeah, love that's it. a good one, Sinatra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number three uh, is uh, Wonderwall by Oasis. Mm. I was actually just listening to the song with my daughter. She loves AJR, and that tiny violin, my, the mm. world's tiniest violin song came on. And then after it ended, she goes, uh, name a better song than that. And I was like, boom. Done. Wonderwall. Done. And she put it on. And she's that's like, good. it's playing. She's like, well, I've heard this song. I was like, that's because it's timeless and amazing. In 10 years, is anyone going to remember The World's Smallest Violin by AJR? Not no. compared to Wonderwall. <laughs> You'll be playing The World's Smallest Violin <laughs> about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you got, Elijah? Um, so this one's not too old, but it's called Range Rover by mm-hmm. Ben Rector. Okay. Okay. So it's also one of those ones that just has one of those grooves, you know, and I can't not listen to it hmm. when it comes on. So. Who is it by? Ben Rector. Oh, yeah, I do like Ben Rector. Okay. Uh, this was number three, right? 
Yep. Um, sorry, another one that uh, we're not going to add to the dash. <laughs> uh, but Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that one, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> the, like, the power drive to it, like... Um, and I love the Coach East by Audio Slave. It's got that same like yes. just hard Coach driving uh, sound to it. But yeah, Bulls on Parade. The mm-hmm. second he hits the snare, I'm in. <laughs> that, is a, that is a good one. Yeah. All right, number two. Uh, my number two is a song that is probably so. Here I've told the story before. I think on this podcast, maybe not. But if I haven't, uh, we'll rehit it. My dad, uh, when I was in um, first grade. Uh, the last song I heard on the radio was Shot to the Heart by Bon Jovi, and then he told me that no longer was I allowed to listen to secular music. So there was a period in my life wow. where I didn't listen to anything other than Christian music, hashtag Stephen Kirsch Chapman, uh, and Rich Mullins, until the uh, 1994 when I, I got to hear, you know, Tell Smells Like Teen Spirit, and the mm. first album I bought then, first secular album I bought was Weezer's first album, and mm. the song I loved the most on there was Say It Ain't So by Weezer. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely love that song. Yeah. It comes on, I'm just like... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Mm-hmm. That is a good one. Uh, I think that one's on Guitar Hero, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. That was, uh, Definitely. And, and My Name is Jonas. Like the, oh, yeah. yeah. Song Only in Dreams one. on that album. Also great. Talk about yeah. a song that's super long. It's like eight and a half minutes. It's yeah. so good. It's not 11 minutes. Like It is not 11 minutes. No. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Elijah, what you got? Uh, okay. This one, again, brings me back. Very popular. In the End by Linkin Park. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. No, every lyric still, you know? Of every rap, there's three different ones in that song, and it's great. Mm, I, like I won't it. do it now because I don't want to impress your listeners. <laughs> you guys, so I'll just oh, oh perfect. Keep it to uh, all right, for number two, um, for me, I'm gonna go with No Diggity. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's I I'm sorry. That's my. Uh, that's my uh, karaoke song right there. <laughs> it's so good. So good. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I like the way you work in this. <laughs> I keep trying to get him just to sing. Uh, Yo, Trey, hey. drop the verse. <laughs> yes. Listen, before we get to our number one, how about we do some honorable mentions? I've got a couple I want to shout out. Um, Nothing Compares to You by Chris yep. Cornell. Love one. that song. Uh, another one I, I listed is um, Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's so good. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. Kurt Cobain, I miss you. Um, uh, one I'm more ashamed of but absolutely love is Three Marlenas by The Wallflowers. Okay. I love The I've Wallflowers. Yeah, they did One Headlight. That's like their big one. Yeah. That would have been a one-hit wonder. That's a gotcha. hashtag upcoming episode. Uh, but Three Marlenas, I think, is their best one. I absolutely love that song. Yep. Um, 41 by the Dave Matthews Band. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Deep Cut. In honor of Andy Bernard. And uh, the last one I'll mention, <laughs> uh, Life's Been Good to Me by Joe Walsh. Okay. I love that song. That's cool. yeah. yeah. It's like, it reminds me of my dad. Um, and then uh, I, I feel like we'd be remiss if we did not mention Ice Ice Baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not my favorite song. No. <laughs> but I have a buddy, and if he was on this podcast, it would be his number one. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right, those are my honorable mentions. Uh, does anybody else have any honorable mentions you're going to want to throw out there? I, I have honorable mentions from albums that I just can't turn off. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them is uh, Rubberneck, the Toadies album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, every song on that is a banger. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silver Chairs, uh, Frog Stomp album, uh, yeah. for some reason. Like, that's one that, like, I can listen to start to finish um, without turning on there. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of Nirvana, but the one... Um, the unplugged album, yes, like start to finish. Mm-hmm. Once I start the album, I can't like I have to listen to the whole thing, and I've got it on record, which is oh. it, on vinyl. It just oh, it pops. 
Um, love that one. Um, songs, um, Dead and Bloated, Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. I mean, that one is, uh, that one's hard to turn off because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it drives hard, but, mm-hmm. um, and then I also like, like the blues and Eric Clapton has a really like, oh, yeah. solid blues album, but mm-hmm. I love uh, Hoochie Coochie Man. Nice. Uh, it's a great song. <laughs> great song. Elijah, do you have any honorable mentions? Oh yeah. It's going to, it's going to really <coughs> pigeonhole me into, for you to know what kind of kid I was and what decade I was, <laughs> I existed, but Listen, um, it's not going to be worse than that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Classic nineties rock. It's true. Uh, my Chemical Romance, I'm yes. Not Okay. Uh-huh. Um, Sum 41, Fat Lip, Paramore, Misery Business. Yeah. You were um, a particular time. I was, yep. yeah. Taking Back Sunday. Uh, there's a bunch of songs by them, and but yeah, I I would say honorable mentions. But I would say for my number one. Okay, what's your number one? Low by Flo Rida. Yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, that's awesome. I love it. Uh, do you want to go next with your number one? Or you want me to go next? I want you to go next okay. because I'm still working You're mine still out. Working. <laughs> <laughs> my number one uh, song for me is. Um, Hey Johnny Park by the Foo Fighters. And here's the thing, like, I love that song. And I tried hard when we got married to have my wife, like, that be the song we walk out <laughs> of the of the chapel to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and she refused. And I finally got her to compromise on Walking After You by the Foo Fighters, which is a great song on the same album. So good. But, uh, man, now they have an acoustic version of Hey Johnny Park. And if I think if I could have played that. But the truth is, like, with it being a Desperado song, I might have just stopped and been like, oh. And my wife be dragging me out of the <laughs> But no, I love Hey Johnny Park by the Foo Fighters. That one for me is my Desperado song. The nice. absolute one. It comes on. I, I, nothing. Like, I'm pulled over on the side of the road with that one before because I can't focus and drive sometimes with it on. Oh, man. So good. That's, that's intense. All right, what's yours? Uh, okay, this is really, really, really difficult. I've got more honorable mentions. Uh, <laughs> got some, some ever no, clear. No, we're, we're out of time. I know. I've got, we're not one? out of time. I got some no effects on there. Uh, I really love Amy by Pure Prairie League. Uh, that's a great one. But here is my number one. Number and one. It's, a, it's a weird one, maybe. But okay. uh, Rivers of Babylon by Sublime. Um, for some reason, it's like a really like deep cut on, yeah. um, I can't even remember which album it's on, but like, it's one of their early, early albums. And, um, it's just a really interesting worshipful song interesting. Like, uh, by Sublime, which is not what you would necessarily <laughs> yeah, you expect. Uh, expect. <laughs> um, but it's just a really, it's got a cool vibe. It's really simple. Um, and, uh, it, it's always been an earworm since the second I heard it. And it's just mm. one of those mm. ones that. I just I find myself just singing out of nowhere, um, but it's good, it's good stuff. Nice. And I think you talked about it on a Wednesday night, uh, like about like them being on the rivers of Babylon and like, <laughs> and I'm like on the rivers of Babylon. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> I do sometimes so when I'm teaching, I'll throw in lyrics to songs, <laughs> and it's See typically sublime. <laughs> It's definitely 90s rock. <laughs> yeah. Kids don't know Do it. you ever feel like you're dead and bloated? <laughs> Let me tell you about living oh, inside a whale. Three box with the straps? Oh, look, boots with the fur. Right? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, real good. I love it. Well, oh. listen, that's all the time we have for this episode of Dad Shorts. Uh, don't forget, we'll put together a playlist. Maybe not of all of our songs, since some of them are not appropriate for <laughs> It'll be a dad-approved. Uh, it will you know, be a trip through nostalgia. Yeah, it will. Like yeah, this that. is when you're playing with the kids go to bed. Yeah, that's like the it. it's the playlist for when kids go to bed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, listen, if you like the podcast, like, rate, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, we'd love if you share the podcast. We're trying to grow the podcast, so we'd love it if you share. 
uh, with your friends. Tell them how amazing and how much you love the show. Uh, don't forget that you can find us on Facebook at Dad Shorts Podcast, and you can also email us at Dad Shorts Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. See you guys next time. Later.